Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. We may not have seen one another all week, maybe not until last Sunday we greeted one another, and then maybe someone's not here this Sunday that was here last Sunday, for whatever reason, amen? But we need one another to survive. We need one another. And that even goes beyond these four consecrated walls. We need one another to survive. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So there is a word from the Lord this morning. And uh, I'm going to ask Adrian if he'll put up my next slide. How many of you have ever played marbles? Oh, wow. Oh, I got a great show of hands. Now, if we watch sports, uh, which I know you do, men and women alike, young and old, you watch sports. Amen? Amen. I see you, Miss Dorothy. God bless you. Amen. Amen. And in the various games of sports, you don't get do-overs. Uh, uh, anyone familiar with that term growing up? A, a, a do-over. A- amen? If you're playing football and you fumble the ball, you just fumble. If you don't recover it, it's your bad luck. Amen? Likewise in basketball. You, you see some bloopers a lot of times in sports. And if you go up for a shot and nobody fouls you, but the ball just happened to slip out of your hand, you can't call timeout and get that ball back. You don't get a do-over. Am I right about it? Okay. Same way with bowling. When you're bowling, you roll a gutter ball, well, you just wait for the second ball to come back because you're not going to get that one back. Amen? All right. Well, in the game of marbles, when I was growing up, uh, you had all various kinds of marbles, and we used to bring them to school. Different colored marbles, rainbow marbles, solid marbles, amen? Steel balls. Oh, come on now, y'all, don't get quiet on me now. I, I mean, you know, I'm telling my age, you got to tell yours too. So, so we had all different types of marbles, and, and, and you know, so you had a line that you shoot behind. Now, I don't know what you called your line, but we call it the toy, and we get behind the line, a- amen? And there would be a ring of marbles, and everybody had to put in that was going to play, whether it's three marbles, four marbles, or whatever, and everybody would put their marbles in. Well... When you got ready to shoot your marble, whoever was first, sometimes the marble would slip out of your hand. Am I right about it? Well, there was a term that we could use, and it's called slipses. 
Now, now, come on now, it's like a card game. You make up your own rules. It's called what state you're from. In Kentucky, we call it slipses. Oh, oh somebody's with me this morning. And, and so forth. That means that you get your shot over again. Amen. I got somebody here. So this morning, the entitlement of the message this morning is simply, are you slipping? Are, are, are you slipping? If you'll turn with me to Hebrews 2 and 1, Hebrews 2 and 1, and I will be reading from King James Version, old school. Is that all right? But I'll give you the NIV too. And it reads as thus, Hebrews 2 and 1, and it reads, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, King James says this, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. Slipping and drift away, there's no difference in them. Just in the language, and I like the title, Are You Slipping? Oh boy, it's going to be rough this morning. If I could, turn with me to Psalms, the 73rd division of Psalms. Whether you use your electronic devices or whether you brought your book, just turn with me. Amen? No, I'm not putting it on the screen. Oh, okay. Thank you, Adrian. The 73rd division of Psalms. We're going to read verses 1, 2, 3. 16 and 17. It says, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. When I tried to understand all of this, it was oppressive to me till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Are you slipping? That's what I'm asking you this morning. Are you slipping? We are in the Lenten season. Am I right about it? The Lenten season. It's right here on us. And the Lenten season is a time that, that Christian of the Christian calendar when we reflect on Christ's 40-day fast in the wilderness. Y'all gonna talk to me here now. Y'all know me by now, amen? So don't sit up in here and act like y'all don't know me. It has always been a time for penance and reflection that we look back over our lives and the things that, that we have done over our lives and what God has and how God has brought us out of the things that we have done in our lives. Amen? Some take it a step further. Some, they sacrifice different things like pies and cakes. I guess not. 
cookies. I guess not. Because we'll see when we get out of here who's going over to the donut stand. Or who's already been to the donut stand. Because usually when I go after church, there's no more. Oh, boy. Some of us even sacrifice something that is of a luxury for these 40 days. Just to remind them that, that Christ has sacrificed for us. So I'm taking a step further, and if you save money from your cigarettes, you, you bring it to the church and make a contribution. A amen? I didn't say you put the cigarettes down. <laughs> I just said for 40 days. So, so Lent, then, is a time to contemplate our own faithfulness to the Lord. And the greatest challenge that we face as Christians is a change or a charge to be faithful. That's, that's our great challenge, to, to change our lives to be faithful. Come on now, talk to me. I'll get down your street here in a minute. And even though the scripture here, it teaches us that devotion is our duty. We often find it hard to remain demonstrably committed to the cause of Christ. Y'all got quiet. In other words, we claim to love the Lord, but we sometimes have a hard time showing it. Because see, faith is demonstrated by works. Not just by the sacrifices that we make and the service that we give, but also by the way we live. It's not just our physical works that prove who we are in Christ. It's also the spoken words that we speak. The choices that we make in the secret. In other words, it's not just our outward living, it's also our inward living. In order for us to live, as pastor says, a present-centered life with Jesus. Immediately here, after he was baptized by John, according to the scripture, Jesus was then led by the Spirit into the desert. He went by himself. He went to be tested. Now, sometimes we, we, we wrongly preach this, and we say that uh, it wasn't necessary because it was impossible for Jesus to sin. But the wilderness experience here, it also had another purpose. Its purpose was to test Jesus' endurance. That's what this Christian journey is about. It tests our endurance. How long are we going to hold on and hold out? Even when troubled times come, even when things don't always go our way, how long are we going to hold out? How long are we going to serve the Lord? Boy, y'all getting quiet. We all are tested. Life tests us every day. That's why in Hebrews it warns us to earnestly heed what we have heard or we've been taught. But it's still tough. Even if we've been in Sunday school 
most of our lives and then graduated on up to church. We still get tested and it's still tough. We've heard it said that we're supposed to bridle our tongue. But we let stuff slip sometimes. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me here. We, we've heard it said that, that we ought to love one another, but we select who we want to. You don't come from the right side of the track. I might not have as much love as I do for you as I do uh, my church folk. We've heard that it was said that we ought to help the needy, but shoot, how am I going to help somebody when I need help myself? We heard it said that we ought to pray often, but sometimes I'm just too busy to pray. We've heard it said that, that we ought to let our little light shine, but it's hard to keep trimmed and burning. This world we live in, so during this Lent season here, it's wise here to take an account of our faith. I'm talking about to evaluate where we stand along this straight and narrow path. We ought to calculate whether we need to do some spiritual adjustments to our walk as well as our talk. In other words, we need to reassess. Are, are we really going to be uh, a good soldier and endure oh boy because endurance here is a true test of Christianity it's, it's our stick to itness you know when things don't go my way when, when, when I don't get to sing this Sunday morning I, I don't get to play this Sunday morning when, when my project uh, don't get the support like it ought to have gotten the ability to endure when things don't go right. And when you're in a church setting, things ain't going to, excuse my vernacular, ain't going to always go right. So we find here, the question is asked, are you slipping? Are you slipping? So let's take a close look here. Because we're going to take a wilderness test this morning. Well, Jesus endured the same three tests in the wilderness that Eve did. When she faced it in the garden. There was a physical appetite. There was personal gain. And there was power. Solomon's right. There, there's nothing new under the sun. So the first test here was one of physical appetite. We find that Satan tried to get Jesus to act independently from his father by tapping into a weak moment of his life. He does the same thing with us. He tries to come at us at a weak point in our life to make us turn back, to throw up our hands, and to give up and to quit our journey that God has placed upon. He said, what turned these stones into bread? That was the challenge when Christ was fasting. But Jesus knew that, that God intended for him to experience some hunger. And sometimes in life, we got to experience some hunger. 
Oh boy, y'all, 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 y'all look. This is a test of endurance. Because if Jesus was to submit to Satan's suggestion and to satisfy his own hunger, he'd be going against the will of God. Anybody in here ever went against God's will? Do I have, oh, everybody perfect up in here. I'm going to ask you again. Has anyone ever gone against God's will? I didn't ask you to raise your hand. I just said, say amen. Oh, that's the church. That's the church. Every Christian goes through this endurance test. And as our Father, God has a purpose for our lives. Everybody in here, he's got a purpose for He has preordained our paths. And our choice is to follow his path or go it alone. And let me tell you something, baby. When you go it alone, you risk separating yourself from the will of God. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. So how many Christians have slipped from their preordained path? that God has set for them. Because any direction that dishonors God is sin. I said any direction that dishonors God is sin because you going your own way. Any weakness that wearies God is sin. So if you want to keep from slipping, follow Isaiah's advice. He said, God will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind and your focus on him. Jesus went on and responded to the test. And he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word from the mouth of God. Is your appetite slipping? Second wilderness test was one of personal gain. Emotional things now. Satan suggested here that that Jesus cast himself from the highest point of the temple. What are you afraid of? The prophecy says that that you won't get hurt. God won't even let you dash your foot against a stone. But you know what? Satan misquoted the scripture. Psalm 91 and 11 and 2. It's true that the scripture does say, for he shall give you or give his angels charge over thee, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. But, but Satan deliberately left out the important middle point. The prophecy promises here, church, to protect only those who follow the Lord's will. Those who follow God in all your ways, in God's ways. What a trick. And he's still pulling it off today because Satan wants to move us to be people pleasers rather than God pleasers. Now watch what happens here to people who allow their motives to become tainted. Their whole life's focus then shifts from selfless to selfish. You, you, you remember pastor said uh, the word self and reverse it, put an H on it, flesh. A- amen? 
Jesus knew that you can't serve God and man or mammon. One of the two has to be the controlling base uh, point. So what is controlling you today? Jesus chose obedience to God. And that's where we are today. It would be God's will, church, over his will. And what he did was he responded to Satan from Deuteronomy 6.16, and he says, ye shall not tempt the Lord your God. Because Satan is always trying to tempt us. So are you slipping? The third and final wilderness test here was one of power, spiritual power. Satan told Jesus, see, you can have all the kingdoms as far as your eyes can see if you bow down and worship me. Well, Satan knows that the temptation for fame and fortune bears down hard on a person's moral compass. I mean, the proof is that in the souls that are strong against the broad road to hell, they lost the battle and they gave in to Satan. It's hard to find, hard for a man just to, to go to heaven when he allows himself to be tempted with heaven on earth. But all that temporary glitz and glamour, pomp and power of the world is nothing compared to that everlasting glory that's found in God's heaven. Nothing is. I mean, you might think that you want it all now, but look at what you might stand to lose eternal justification, eternal grace and mercy, eternal fellowship with God, eternal comfort and bliss, eternal heaven, instead you get eternal hell. So the choice is very clear. Sure, you can have all the kingdoms of the world, but you sacrifice your allegiance to God. But Christ didn't. What did he say? He said, get behind me, Satan. Satan, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. You see, when Christ's endurance test was all over, Satan took a walk. And that's the way he is with us. He'll take a walk for a little while until he finds a new foothold to get back in again. But he knew he was defeated, church. He knew he was defeated, but He's going to try again later. And when you read the scriptures, you found that he tried again in the Mount of Olives. Am I right about it? Then he went on to the courts of Pilate and Herod. And then he went on to Golgotha's hill. Because why? Satan never quit. But Christ, he passed that endurance test. And as his resolve to faithfully wear the mantle of the Savior of the world, he gives it to us. We who are the body of Christ, he gives us now the strength to endure. Therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things, church, which we've heard less any time that we should let them slip. Because I come to share with you this morning, Satan's not going to quit. He knows everything that he has to lose. And he might be the prince of this world, but his days are numbered according to God's word. So I come to you this morning. Don't you let him cause you to slip. You got to be on guard for the wiles of the enemy.
Don't let yourself slip because the source of sin is Satan. The strategy of sin will sink you. The sentence of sin, it'll separate you from God. And that's the reason why Jesus came. He came 2,000 years ago, right down through 42 generations. He came for a people like you and a people like me. He knew we were going to sin. So God sent down his sinless son. In other words, God came down himself. And I don't know about you this morning, but I'm so glad that even when I'm slipped, God is there to pick me back up again. Is there anybody here? You have witnessed God that when you slipped, God came and picked you up again. And not only did he pick you up, he held you up. Held you up for a time such as this that he might use you as a mighty weapon to declare the kingdom of God is at hand. Oh, I'm so glad this morning that our Lord and Savior went to Calvary. I'm so glad this morning that our Lord and Savior hung there on a cross at Golgotha. I'm so glad this morning that he shed blood for you and me. But I'm certainly more glad that he gave up the ghost. And when he gave up the ghost and was buried in that borrowed tomb, I'm more than glad that just like he said he would, he arose with all power in heaven and on earth. So therefore, he didn't leave the church powerless. Church got some power, and it's up to the church of God to use the power that he's given. It don't make no difference how many times you slip. God will get you back up again. He'll start you back on your way. He'll put you on a new path just to bring him glory, to help somebody that's in need. Yes, I know all our prayers don't get answered, but you keep on serving the Lord. That's where the strength comes from. That's where the power comes from, serving our master all the day long. I get excited when I talk about Jesus. You ought to get excited when you look back over where you used to be where you are today. Somebody had to look after you. Somebody prayed for you. Aren't you glad this morning? Say yes. Aren't you glad this morning? Say yes. Aren't you glad this morning? Say yes. You ought to be glad. You ought to be glad. Yeah that you just didn't slip and stay down there. He got you back up. Got you back up, gave you a do-over. God is the only one that can give do-overs. Come on, somebody. I said, God is the only one. When you slip, he's the only one that can give you a do-over to start all over again, right where you are. You don't have to go all the way back to the very beginning. He'll pick you up right where you are and start you right there. And the world don't like that, but that's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. So we come this morning. This is Lent. Somebody might be slipping. You know, God knows too if you're slipping. You know what? That's, that's one thing about the church. Huh? I don't worry about nobody. You know, you can't worry about who's sitting next to you. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to come and every tub got to sit on its own bottom. 
I, I, I said every tub has to sit on its own bottom. Amen. That's what my granny used to say. Every tub got to sit on its own bottom. You know where you are, but God knows where you are also. So we come this morning, these altars are here. And you know somebody too that's slipping. You might have somebody in your family that's slipping. But first, are you slipping? And you can come this morning, amen, just as you are. Just, just as, see, see, you don't have to clean up. You couldn't if you had to, if you tried to. The outer might be clean. I'm talking about the inner, the heart. God can clean that heart up if you're slipping this morning. And you know what your slips are. You know what your slips are, but you know what? It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference. That's why we read Romans. For there is now no condemnation. I'm not here trying to judge nobody. I'm just saying, if you know somebody that's slipping, in your family, in the neighborhood, next door neighbor, in your household, whatever, I ask you to come this morning and pray for them this morning. Give them to the Lord this morning. Give them to the Lord. This is your opportunity when you come to church. Not just to sit like a bump on a log. Amen. You, you need to respond sometimes when you come in the Lord's house. You, you need to do something sometimes when you come in God's house. Not just come in the house and, you know, you take up your seat. A amen. I'm, I'm glad they don't have names on these seats. Because that makes you move. So if there's anyone this morning, amen. You wish to come up. You have a desire to come up and pray this morning. Pray for yourself. Pray for a neighbor. Pray for a friend. Pray for a child or whatever. I, I invite you to come this morning. Will you come? Just like you are. Come on. You might not get another opportunity. And then you slipped. When you know you should have and you didn't. That's slipping. That's slipping. That's slipping. That's slipping. Pray for your children. Pray for your children. Pray for the men of this church. Pray for the women of the church. Pray for our young adults. Pray for our children of this church. There might be somebody here today that may, you may want to accept Christ in your life as your personal Lord and Savior. We got baptism coming up. And you never, ever accepted Christ as your Lord and your Savior. I invite you to come this morning. It's your opportunity. Don't let it slip. Don't let it slip. Come to Jesus just like you are. Stop looking for a perfect moment. Nothing is perfect. Nobody's perfect. Folk go to church Sunday after Sunday. They ain't perfect. Will you come? Come to the altar just like you are. Come to the altar. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lean into God's Word together. Until next time, have a great week and be blessed.